Thank you for listening to our Chat Canna broadcast. This podcast was originally created for our YouTube channel and is being rebroadcast here for your convenience. We'd like to thank the folks at Canna RHX for providing this Chat Canna podcast. Alex, there we go. We are live, everybody. It is show number six. It is a Friday and it's a miserable day, but the good news is they were telling us that there was going to be a nasty, big, mean old storm right over us right at this moment and overnight we were watching it and now the storm has moved off to noon here for crookston i didn't check on fargo but we thought that we could get the show done without too much thunder and lightning and and any messy stuff so it is time for us to start the show today and we are excited we are going down the path of hemp crete so i'm going to introduce my co-host and she is going to introduce our guest and Two exciting things happening today, actually, because for the first time we have a producer today, so I get to sit here and just fire off one question after another rather than having to run all of the equipment. So it's just going to be fun on, on every kind of a level. Takes me back to the old days of KDWN radio, 50,000 watts of power coming out of Las Vegas, Nevada, and my studio was right at the end of Fremont Avenue down there in Las Vegas. And you looked down and you looked at all of the downtown hotels and my show started at midnight. So it was the, it was the place to be back in the seventies. I think it's like Woodstock. If you can remember it, you weren't there. Anyway, <laughs> I heard, I read that somewhere. Um, my co-host uh, down here, look at, I got my angles right today. Uh, from, Hi, everyone. From Prairie Products in Fargo, North Dakota is uh, Veronica Michael. She is awesome. We didn't know it, but we grew up 20 years and 20 miles apart from each other. And uh, welcome today, Veronica. You're looking uh, wonderful. And of course, because there's not much sun today, your background is a little bit, a little bit darkened. And it's kind of, it's kind of like we could be doing midnight music on the, on FM 97 or something. So it's good morning. that moody look for a storm day. So it good is. Morning. It is. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> uh, well, I hope we are going to have some thunder and lightning in our conversation today with Matt Marino from Mandan. Matt has been involved with uh, Hempcrete in our region. And I uh, got to meet Matt and was super impressed by um, one, his passion for hemp and his innovation. So we're excited to have you, Matt. How are you today? Thanks, guys. I'm uh, excited to be here. I'm doing really well. Matt, could you tell us a little bit about your company and your project? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I own uh, Homeland Hempcrete, and uh, really our ultimate goal is to build um, or offer um, the opportunity for people to build with a more sustainable, eco-friendly product, um, better for, for the occupant's health and better for the environment. Um, and we found that through Hempcrete that we can offer that. So that's what we're working towards right now. Um, right now, we're kind of still in the uh, development stage, working on small projects and testing and doing um, small builds just to kind of build awareness and doing um, different educational um, meetups uh, to get people familiar with the product so that when the time comes um, and people are ready to make that decision, we can start to offer that as a uh, eco-friendly building material. How did you get interested in hempcrete? Yeah, so... Uh, my wife and I have been um, have been interested in hemp for quite a while. We lived in Colorado uh, for a handful of years, and that's kind of what opened our eyes to uh, to the material. One of our neighbors mentioned it uh, just p passing at one point, um, probably four or five years ago now, and uh, 
was talking about all the the opportunities with hemp and how not too many people are really focusing on that material right now, but there's so much more opportunity that uh, people don't realize. And that's when we started to look into it. Um, and so at that point, we knew that we wanted to be involved in the, the hemp industry in some way or another. Um, and so we just started kind of dabbling and using different hemp products, um, trying to incorporate that into our daily lives um, as we, we try to live a healthy lifestyle as well as um, try to have minimal impact with kind of our, our lifestyle choices. Um, and so gradually over time, we just started using more hemp products. And my wife and I also uh, renovate and uh, maintain uh, properties. Um, and so it kind of became like a no brainer af after uh, a little bit where we decided that we should just be using a material like hempcrete when we're when we're looking at doing um, house building and projects like that anytime we can for insulation. There's a lot of a lot of materials that aren't so good for the occupant's health and they're not very good for uh, the long term sustainability for for our, our planet. So uh, hempcrete was kind of a, a no-brainer when you're considering a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. So what can you do with hempcrete? Yeah. So it's, uh, the name throws it off a little bit. A lot of people compare it to concrete and it's not quite like concrete. Uh, it acts, uh, it's got a couple of similar properties, especially in the way that, uh, it's, it's, um, cast in place where you can have forms and you fill it. Um, to fill a wall cavity, but besides that, it's pretty different. So um, hempcrete is, right now it's considered an infill insulation material in walls. So it becomes your your exterior wall, your interior wall, and the insulation in between, but you still have your uh, your wood frame um, in the middle of your builds in your, in your wall structures. So it's primarily used for um, using, so for instance, the, the building I'm in right now, the floors are insulated with hempcrete, the walls are all hempcrete, and then the ceiling um, is insulated with hempcrete, uh, but then I cover it up with, so this is lime right behind me as a protective coating on it. Um, so, so really it replaces majority of the materials that go into building a, a traditionally built home. Um, just to simplify it with really one main product. Um, so you don't have any vapor barriers or anything like that. Um, some of the things, or I guess one of the main things you really can't do with hempcrete, and I get this uh, asked a lot of times because people associate it with concrete, but you can't uh, do things that are below grade. So you can't do uh, sidewalks, you can't do basements. Um, it's strongly, strongly uh, not recommended to do those kinds of projects. And that is because uh, one of the benefits of hempcrete is its ability to manage moisture content. And so that's why you don't need a vapor barrier because it has the ability to absorb moisture when there's a lot of it and shed moisture when there's not too much of it in the air. So you get pretty consistent humidity levels on the inside of your builds, which is awesome. And if you have water um, issues inside or if there's a lot of rain, if it soaks in, it will uh, it will release over time and you don't have issues. If you're in, in contact with the ground for a long period of time, it's just gonna continue to uptake moisture from that ground. Um, and that's what causes issues and starts to deteriorate your product. So that's one of the limitations of hempcrete. Um, but other than that, it's it really needs to be um, kind of displayed as a um, a wall system for, for building homes. So if you're building then you you especially around here in Minnesota North Dakota you want to have that concrete foundation and up a ways so that the hempcrete is not ever going to be down on ground level or even down on sprinkler level or anything like that. You want to start it up at some point away from flood water, rainwater, 
those kind of things? Yeah, if flood water is a concern, then you would want to be up above that uh, the flood line. Um, as far as like snow and rain, um, so like our first build we did in Mandan uh, was just on a slab that was already there from a, a dilapidated shed, and that was level with the ground. And then all we did was put one brick height above that just to give it a little bit of gap, um, and then put some an extra coating of this lime plaster at the bottom section to act as a rain guard, so to prevent splashing things like that. Um, and so, so, and then how much? How much? I mean. Uh, it's cold up here. Uh, we talk about it. It's insulative values, but uh, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, now that you've had some experience and you know, talking about it's one thing, but you living on the other side of the wall, how much do you want between you and Mother Nature, Fatherland outside there in the winter here in Mandan, yeah. North Dakota, of all places, up the hill as you go past the last Chinese food place in North Dakota? How you know how much yeah. uh, how much uh, of this stuff do you want? Yeah, and that, that's what our main consideration is with it right now. So uh, in, in the north like this, you want probably a 12-inch wall as, as a, a standard. Um, we're, we're designing a house build right now, and we're planning for the garage will be our uh, will be 12 inches, but the, the house itself will be 15 inches just to add that extra buffer. Um, and we're doing that because when you get to that level of insulation, you can take in some passive uh, house approaches there and minimize things like we're not going to have an HVAC system. Um, we're going to have minimal heating and cooling in the house. We'll probably have like a wood pellet stove as our main heat source. But when you have that level of insulation, you really don't need to, uh, to you can compensate by over insulating and then underpowering your, your heat source and your cooling source in that case. So Matt, you are in a structure right now. Could you show us the room you're in so we could see a little bit of what, what you we're talking about here? Yeah, for sure. Let me see if I can flip this really quick. Get his fingerprints quick. We might need them later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You guys see my camera? Okay, yep. Yeah, that's my driveway here. Hold on one second here. Okay. So here's, uh, here's the exterior. So this is all lime, lime plaster here. And then uh, as you can see, this is like the splash guard I was talking about having some wood cladding on it. Oh, yep. Um, and then you come in here. So I insulated the door. This is just hemp wool, uh, which is made out of uh, hemp fiber. Um, and then, so here's the inside and this is where I've been sitting here. So you can see uh, I have a biochar oh. plaster in the back um, and then uh, hemp wood desk. Um, and bench and then uh, this is wood wool board here, which is really good for uh, acoustics and um, Keeping the, the sound good for my office All right, that's awesome That's a metal roof. Uh, did I see them a metal roof on that structure? Yeah, so I just used some uh, From some steel from the last time we did a, a build there Is that another kind of uh, just thing to do to keep moisture at bay at the other parts of the structure or is that something like you said you just had some around uh you're talking about the roof yeah uh so the roof can be whatever you want you could do shingles or anything like that um i try to stick with doing um we're, lo we're looking at doing try try to do some more sustainable options so steel is not the most sustainable but it's recycled steel so you get the benefit there. Asphalt singles are not very eco-friendly in any way, um, and they're they're not as they don't perform as well either. So um, we did that for 
um, kind of more so testing purposes to uh, use one a little bit more eco-friendly product, a little bit more durable. And then also we're uh, for our next build, we're going to be using the same product uh, and doing a rain uh, a rainwater collection system. And so that's the best material to use for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you see as the future of hempcrete in building? So it's uh, right now it's, it's tricky. It's kind of a waiting game to see uh, as things kind of fall together here. We're still waiting on things like the international build code. Uh, you can't you can't build with hempcrete easily without getting special consideration and approval. Uh, so that's kind of our main hindrance. And then the other part of that, and that's what I'm working on right now, is just general education and awareness um, and getting people familiar with the product. Um, and so when I have people that reach out to me and uh, after they start to learn a little bit and see the benefits and see that the, the product is, as I say, as good or better than a traditionally built home um, in just about every way, uh, people start to see the, the value in it. Um, and so getting ed the education out there and getting people um, comfortable with the material is huge right now. Um, the, green, the green building uh, industry um, or segment of the market is just exploding in the past couple of years. Uh, and this definitely falls within that, that uh, category, the, the green building segment. Um, and so I think it's just gonna be a matter of time, um, probably within the next one to three years or so that you start to see more and more houses uh, in the US popping up. Um, places like in Europe, there's houses all over the place that they've been building with for decades now with hempcrete, where it's pretty commonplace to hire someone just to build a house out of hempcrete. Um, and so I think we're, we're fast approaching that here in the US, we're still just getting the infrastructure together now. So for this area, I feel like we have seen more when it comes to, you know, environmental builds like cob houses or straw bale houses. How does hempcrete compare in its efficiency or R value to some of these other non-traditional forms we might be more used to in the valley? Yeah, for sure. So I think that it's uh, it's one of those products that can complement um, kind of those natural natural products that people are already using, um, products like that. Uh, some of the things that are that hempcrete can do that some of these products don't. Uh, first off, you mentioned the insulation value, and so it's got a pretty decent uh, R value. It's about R2 per inch, so you're getting um, about R24 if you do that 12-inch wall. Um, but you're also getting the the fact that if you're doing the cast in place, like what I do, where you have form boards and then you fill by hand uh, all the way up, you're getting a monolithic design that uh, is one big um, thermal envelope essentially where you're capturing um, all of the, you're retaining all of your, your energy inside the walls of that house um, and you're eliminating air gaps when you do that. So there's a huge benefit in that um, right off the bat, but then you also have that, uh, that moisture management that I mentioned um, because of the, uh, the lime uh, content, you're not gonna have, uh, that deters pests and uh, mold, both of those, uh, you don't really have to worry too much about that in a hempcrete house. Um, and then you just have, uh, I mean, the, the longevity of the product. Uh, it's pretty easy if you're doing any kind of renovations or anything like that. Uh, if you need to work on this wall or if you have damage, you just um, slap another coat of, of lime on it and you're good to go. So it's pretty easy to manage once you, uh, once you have it in place. And the nice part about it too, is if you're doing a renovation or anything like that, you can uh, reuse the material. So for instance, the roof uh, on this structure right here is from all pro all the projects, small projects that I did that didn't work out so well. Um, mm -hmm. I just broke them up and remixed them and uh, 
they're now part of my roof for this project. So uh, it's it's a sustainable product because you're using the waste from a crop, but you're also able to continue to use that product after it's already been um, initially used. That's unbelievable. I mean, think of the uh, con all the building waste that we have going off to landfills. Um, that's that's actually mind-boggling that you're able to reuse that and yeah. put that back into the build and so cost-effective. Absolutely. Yep. So if you're using, you want, uh, you're talking about then an R30 on the walls, a uh, little bit overkill, but you, you're doing it to cut down on your HVAC needs and even to go without an air conditioner. Um, around here, they're talking up to 60, uh, you know, for ceilings. Um, that would be almost 30 inches of hempcrete. Um, yep. Is that what you're putting up there? Or are you supplementing that with some other, uh, another uh, barrier of some kind also? Yep, exactly. Uh, to your second point there. Uh, so you, yeah, you probably wouldn't do the whole whole roof. I guess you could, but it's going to be pretty heavy. Uh, so the main idea is just to get that that base envelope design. So like my floors, for instance, here only like two inches thick. Uh, my ceiling is probably three to four inches thick, and I don't have any additional insulation over that. But what we will do um, in our next build, uh, we have an off-grid cabin we're planning right now. So we'll do uh, three and a half inches. Um, on the ceiling and then we'll have um, um, about our 40 worth of bat insulation over top of that. So we'll, we'll eliminate our air gaps and our thermal bridging from our, our, um, our rafters and then we'll, we'll layer in the rest, uh, supplement the rest with just traditional, um, some eco-friendly bat insulation before we put our roof on. And is there something you would wrap Tyvek yet around the outside? Uh, for, nope, you wouldn't have to. So. Uh, Hempcrete actually does need does need to breathe a bit, so okay. you need to have that. Uh, so when you when you cast it, when you place it, it's pretty wet, uh, and so it needs to cure out. But it's going to be curing for perpetually for hundred. They say that it can absorb carbon from the atmosphere up to hundred years after the build because no, that's how lime really? lime cures. Yeah, so uh, you're going to constantly have. There's always going to be some moisture in the air, and so the hempcrete will absorb it and then shed it. Um, just as a, on an ongoing basis. So if you so put what, any kind of very barrier, you're gonna eliminate its yeah. ability to do that. So what do you do inside the house and can you paint it, do anything you want inside? So there's a couple options. Uh, what we will do to keep it simple for our, uh, our next build is just do lime plaster like this and we can do it. I did a rough coat here, but you can do it smooth so it looks just like a traditional wall. Uh, you can also line it with, there's a couple materials that, that work well with uh, hemcrete MGO board is magnesium oxide board uh, and that has permeability so that it can breathe and allow the hemcrete to breathe behind it. So that looks just like sheetrock except it's um, a, a better product for using with hemcrete. You can't use sheetrock because that just retains moisture and won't release it. Um, so if you do want some kind of wall structure on top of the hemcrete you could put MGO board on there and then plaster over top of that and it would um, look the same or you can paint that as well with uh, whatever paints you want to use. Uh, we're trying to stay because you're using such an eco-friendly product. There's no VOCs or anything like that in hempcrete. So we're trying to stay as natural as possible. And so like using a lime plaster is pretty natural. You're not going to breathe in any harmful chemicals when the house is done. And so that's one of the big benefits um, when building with hempcrete is that you don't have to worry about uh, all the chemicals that go into building um, the traditional products because there are none here. It's all natural products. But then there's no paint on the on the inside. I mean, you can't have a bluish kitchen and a beige dining room and a 
and a neon green bedroom, whatever your choice might be. But I mean, <laughs> so th this is uh, this is just base lime plastered right. no pigment, but I have um, about fifty different pigments to choose from. So, so you I would can, do, so you you would, would just tint it. You would tint the oh, lime. Nice. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so it'll it. look it, if I did this with a pigment that I wanted to do, and I did it with my finish coat. It would look exactly like a, a regular wall to you. Yeah. And I could do Thanks. it any color you want. Sure. Well, sure. I like the white to hang art, but I guess John has comments about color. <laughs> is, is art a friend of yours? Is Who is this guy, Art, you keep talking about? <laughs> uh, this, that's fascinating. That is fascinating. Yeah. You know, so one of the things you said, because I'm just always curious about off-grid builds, is just how uh, how did you solve or decide to solve some of your challenges with plumbing or heating in that scenario uh, along with hemp? Um, so you mean for the, the off-grid build that we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, so that one will be uh, will be like truly off-grid, no, no connectivity. And so it's gonna be pretty simple. It's gonna be uh, like a 250 square foot cabin. Um, we're calling it the bunkhouse and it's gonna be completely independent. So we're gonna use uh, a water filtration system. There's going to be no no real plumbing. Um, it'll just be a water um, catchment system that will filter through. Um, and so I'll, I'll have some minimal plumbing just on the interior and then some drainage. Uh, for electricity, we'll do, we'll run uh, electricity throughout the house. And in hempcrete, you need to put everything in conduit um, so that you have that gap, kind of similar to a concrete wall where you need to be able to run wires through the wall after the fact. Um, but we'll, we'll be running uh, running off the solar panels and battery backup, so we won't have any um, connectivity there. So that should be about it. And then we'll be doing a composting toilet, so there's no really no need for any connection there. The idea is to be off the grid and just it'll be kind of a, a like a getaway from the chaos of day to day and uh, daily technology. So it's going to be pretty simple. That sounds beautiful. That sounds beautiful. Long as you have 100 megabyte internet. I'm there. <laughs> I might throw I might throw a wee boost on the roof there. So I there you go. There you go. But I'll bring a four by four foot solar panel so the internet's powered up, and then we're there. Then we're there. there Dedicated. There you know, so Matt, I am curious. You know, when when people have looked at you know cob building or other kinds of alternative building, a big factor is the ability for the homeowner to do the build themselves. So when it comes to hempcrete building, is that does that apply also, or um, are there barriers for homeowners to kind of jump in like you have for equipment? To, I have a million questions. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good question. So uh, when people uh, when people ask that, I try to uh, if I if I have my phone with me, uh, which I'm using right now, so I can't show you, but uh, I try to show them a picture of my kids uh, with hempcrete. So I have a three year old and a seven year old. And uh, I mean, I could teach them how to, to work with hempcrete. So I could teach anyone to work with hempcrete. And so that's kind of the nice thing about it. Um, and what we're kind of after initially anyway, is to offer that as kind of uh, an experience for people to be heavily involved in the home build itself. Um, I mean, we'll eventually get to the point where people are probably just wanting to have a, say, I want a hempcrete house, uh, build it for me. But what we're kind of looking for for those early adopters is the people that are truly invested that are taking their health seriously and that really want to have the uh um, pride of building help build their own house and so we can easily offer that just by um, acting as a facilitator a consultant and we can provide some labor but having the home builder involved with the build throughout uh, the hemp creating process uh, is easy to do and it's it's actually a lot of fun there's really not much 
really you just need uh, gloves and a mixer and some buckets and water source and you're good to go. So, um, and we can, we provide that. So um, there's really not much to it. It takes probably a couple minutes to, uh, to teach someone how to do that. Um, and we're, we're just starting to now offer some educational hands-on experiences here uh, in the next month in Bismarck so that people can start to, to see how easy it really is. That's awesome. Awesome. So if, if a regular traditional house costs X per square foot, what is the, you know, how much is a hempcrete house just kind of comparing? Is it a little bit more, a little bit less per square foot? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be more expensive uh, just because the uh, traditionally built homes have been able to kind of streamline processes and uh, over, economy of scale there for for decades. Over 200 years. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Sure. So uh, we're still working on the supply chain for hempcrete, both the lime and the hemp herd of getting processing down. So prices are going to be more expensive. Uh, they say the price is going to be uh the biggest factor is going to be that labor. So if someone is willing to help out um, and maybe say, give it a week and say, hey, I'm going to have a couple of my family members and myself go help uh, do the building, you're going to save a lot of money on the labor. Um, so they compare it to roughly uh, the cost of building like a brick home. So you're probably about 10 to 15 percent more than like a oh. traditional like a vinyl siding house or something like that. Um, but if you can flex some of that, uh, that labor cost, um, there's also the consideration of if you do the high insulation value, you can really save a lot of money. I mean, we're going to save a lot of money by not even putting in an HVAC system. If you so chose to put one in still, you'd still be saving money because it's going to be um, a pretty efficient house at the end of the day. So over the life of the build, it's still going to be worth it. Uh, it's just getting people to see that is it's going to be the, the biggest factor right now. And zoning is, is a problem yet. And, uh, regular we can't build one in a typical city like Fargo would say, uh, uh, is that true at this time or are they open to allowing that? Um, depends who you talk to in Fargo. Uh, oh, okay. There's, there's I, didn't, I just <laughs> randomly picked that town. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. A, a general city, uh, yeah. Bismarck, Mandan, um, uh, pick any place. Uh, is it possible to put one in a city at this time? It's possible. Uh, there's just some extra hurdles and that's what we're, okay. we're up against right now. Okay. So, there's, so it, uh, is, it is doable then. It is doable to, to put it to put it in as a traditional home. Can you get a, a, a generic home loan against it? So we haven't tried yet for ourselves, but okay. there are people in the U.S. that have. So they have. It's, okay. it's so possible. Yeah. Okay, so you can get a conventional loan. You can fight with the zoning people a little bit and encourage them and educate them a little bit. And obviously there's a lot of European data that shows that it's I mean, they don't burn down because the kids are playing with matches and, and, uh, yeah. you know, there's that we've proved all these things already. Um, so, uh, and, uh, it's not, I'm not hearing that it's like you said, it's about the cost of a brick home. And certainly people go to brick homes a whole lot as you drive around any, any neighborhood. So it's not out of line. Um, do we have a problem with the supply of the hemp herd yet? Do we need more? You know, is that does that need to be a regular, you know, street corner kind of availability, or is that if you if you can build a big house, can you get the hemp herd? Yeah, so <clears throat> there's definitely enough uh, enough hemp being grown at this time for the amount of demand there there is at the moment. Uh, 
and I think that will continue even if when demand goes up, uh, there's still plenty to go around. There's a lot of, so the, the main part of the plant that you need for uh, hemp herd is the stalks. Uh, and right now a lot of stocks are going to waste uh, yeah. I have people all around the country asking, hey, do you want my stocks? And one, it's not really economical to ship them from uh, Colorado from there to here because it's really a waste product. Uh, you really should be getting that as local as possible. But then also the processing side is pretty expensive to get uh, to get a setup going. And so <clears throat> that that's where prices are going to come down eventually and where we'll get more farmers on board. We have some farmers that have kind of left the grain and fiber side to go dabble with CBD. Um, I think some will come back um, or do maybe a little bit of both when there's a viable option for and, and products for them. Uh, and so working out uh, the, the processing side of things to get that material made is the biggest, uh, the biggest hindrance right now on the supply side. It's still possible to get. It's just a little bit more expensive. And I mean, the last order I got, I ordered it uh, with anticipation of needing it in six weeks and it took six months. So, wow. I mean, things happen. Yeah. Now, Matt, you talking about, you know, viability of moving hemp waste products around, you made something from some of our uh, waste material at Prairie Products. Do you yeah, want to show sure. us? Yeah, let's see if I can fit it here in the in the picture here. So this is just a, a hempcrete slab I made like a panel. And then right here, we oh, got my camera backwards still. It's hard to see the color, but it's uh, it's kind of a light green. So I'm basically using the byproduct of Veronica's product uh, as a plaster. So it'd be similar to what's on my wall here. Uh, I mix it with the byproduct of Veronica's uh, materials and we have a, a, a surface right here. Um, it's kind of a, a unique product because it gives it a, a green look kind of like an olive look and uh it's so far it's held up really well and it's uh it does pretty well with moisture so if i pour water on it or anything like that it it runs off pretty quick there's not much absorption which is what you want in walls so uh overall it's it's been good awesome we're excited we're excited that there could be opportunities for our growers in the future of course to be able to get rid of the waste material they have on the farm as well as um, any waste material we have in our processes too. So that's pretty yeah. extraordinary. So when it comes off of you, Veronica, is it mushy? Is it, uh, what's it like when it comes out of your, your extractors? What? Yeah. So when we pull the material out of the extractor, you know, we're pulling almost all the cannabinoids off at that right, point, right. uh, with alcohol. So then, uh, we have something left that's really wet. It's soaked in alcohol. Oh. So we uh, really wring that out well so that we can maintain the extract from that you for want, our growers. And you want nuts. the alcohol yeah. back. You don't want to lose we, any alcohol. Exactly. Yeah, we don't yeah. want to use any of our solvents. So um, after we wring it out, we actually, it really, the alcohol dissipates quite quickly and it's kind of a powdery, dry material. It loses its uh, chlorophyll, like it's coloring as it ages a little bit. You know, right away, it's really bright green. But as Matt mentioned, it's this olive pretty dust at the end almost wouldn't you say matt yeah yeah it's kind of working with like a fine sand so it works perfect for what i'm oh. doing because the lime i'm using is like a consistency of baby powder so you're mixing two two powders essentially and then uh, adding water to activate them and uh, they mix really well yeah 
And then, and joking a little bit, but you don't have to have people be 18 before they can enter the house then or anything. I mean, it's. I don't think it's, so. <laughs> Got to talk to Veronica on that. On the, on the <laughs> but, but so that's, 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 that's really neat. So you can Actually, take. Actually, I want to comment on that because yeah. that is something that's so interesting. You know, after we're done processing, there is about 1% cannabinoid okay, so left one, in that product. But oh, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit, but it's still a farm bill legal product. The thing that I am fascinated with you, Matt, and your, you know, the hemp building concepts though, is these are products that we know are pesticide free, heavy metal free. Um, you know, they're free of many molds because we've already tested them or seen those levels in those dot products. So I think what a great application to know, hey, here's this product that we were going to consume. We've already tested for these standards. Now as we're putting it around our environment, we know what it really contains. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And that's kind of the, the beauty of it is that it's, uh, it's just so simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're, you're getting rid of the waste uh, in more ways than one. So it's, it's good all around. So how did you get interested you and your wife in like uh, renovating houses and doing this kind of building? Was it something that you just, yeah. How did you get interested? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, since I was like a little kid, I've just always been interested in like, I'm always building something. Um, just really, um, that's kind of my thing is just dabbling with, with building stuff. So been doing that for a long time. And then uh, we lived in Minnesota for a bit and uh, we couldn't, hey, uh, I, I know, right. <laughs> I had a job opportunity in Colorado, so we had to sell our house, but we couldn't sell it. So uh, after we had done some work to it, we were like, okay, well, we're just going to rent it out now. And then, so that's kind of what started it, where we saw the, the viability of that. And so we started buying um, more houses that needed some work and, uh, and working on now. So like our current house we live in right now, we're just wrapping up some, some renovations. But uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Cool, cool, cool. Um, John, do you have any other questions over there? Oh, 627,452. <laughs> um, what, what did you think the first time you mixed it? I watched your video last night of, of you know, you guys mixing it. There's a video you have with no sound or else I didn't get any sound on it. About a six minute video. And um, I got to tell you, I mean, I thought it was more complicated. It shifted from me from like a, from a complex thing to a a work commitment thing. Does that make, would that, would that make sense to you that, that uh, it's more, it's this work commitment. If you want to have a hempcrete product, it, that's, yeah. that's, that's the thing. It's this work commitment, but the, the recipe is relatively straightforward. There's three ingredients, water, uh, the herd, which is the inside of the uh, hemp plant that's been dried enough so that it doesn't mold or anything, and lime. I thought there was going to be a secret formula. I thought at least 11 herbs and spices from Colonel Sanders, and that we were going to be questioning you today, and you're going to go, well, that's proprietary. We can't tell you. We, we can, I can't tell you that, and I can't tell you that, and I can't tell you that. And, and I mean, it, it's, it seems to me that the magic is in the mix, that, uh, you know, it's this it's the it's the work of mixing it up and almost and like a little bit like making cement. I mean, I'm sure it's got to be. You got to have this mix that's it feels right to you before you go and start tamping it into the form. Am I have I hit it pretty good? You have, yeah, yeah. It's pretty it's pretty simple. And that's why I say I could teach anyone to do it. 
it really comes down to the the order of your mixes because you can mess that up and then your, sure. uh, your ratios for sure um but yeah it's a lot of work um to, to make it at times but uh it's a pretty simple process and what i say is anyone that has some if you have any kind of land and uh you grow hemp on it you could uh, and if you're close to a lime source or like a home depot or anything like that that has construction materials uh, you could essentially build your own house if you harvest your own crop and you have a water source and can get lime then you can build it those are really the only three ingredients you need so how much time from the mixing to the tamping it in do you have do you have i mean could i see it in like maybe a 20 pound batch but could you do a 200 pound batch at a time or how what's the batching size that's recommended yeah so uh, I actually get this question probably on, at least once a month. People ask if you can put it in a mixing truck. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of thing. That's, that's what I'm asking. Can it come out in a yeah. concrete truck and uh, be slough, sloughed, slewed? What's the word? It you know down the thing and uh, can we fill her up? Yeah, so it's a uh, it it's got some uh, or limited working time um, on the material itself. So okay. um, that one of the reasons you can't do that is because the lime sets pretty quick and it depends on the lime you use the lime i use has um some additives in it some uh some natural additives that help it cure faster so it cures within 30 minutes or so so you really have oh. 30 to 60 minutes of working time um and then it starts to dry out because it starts to uh it starts the curing process there's some limes that take a bit longer um and so you have a little bit more working time but uh, the difference between mixing like concrete, for instance, which is kind of a little bit more slushy as opposed to like hempcrete. Hempcrete's more like a uh, drier oatmeal, um, or like a, I like to. My wife makes a, a hemp uh, chicken salad mix, and it looks just like that. Like it's kind of a, a drier uh, mix there with uh, um, where you can't really pour it from a machine per se. Okay, and when, do you have bad days with your wife then, when you can just move the salad into the into the product and <laughs> not tell her, and uh, you know, and then you, when you're back in the house, you can go. I think the salad's right up above, <laughs> right, right up. No, I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, so so you see that the very the variegation then in the wall a little bit as you're making the batches, you'll see as you're you've tamped it down. Do you get a little bit of the you know, with concrete, you see that where there's, you know, the different pores will give you the a bit of an inside line. Yep. Yeah. So you're going to do the same thing. You're going to have uh, lifts where you're going to have lines. And it looks kind of cool, actually, because you'll have, yeah. uh, I mean, if you do it right, you'll have limited board lines from lift to lift. But you will have your, uh, your separated lines for saying we did six inches here. And then there's kind of a rough inch uh, edging. So it looks kind of like rammed earth almost. Um, where you have kind of layers. Yeah, yeah, ran, yeah, yeah. Um, insurance, regular insurance. Oh, I'm sorry, you're next. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, John, you're what? hogging. You're oh. hogging, Matt. <laughs> I'll give him. I, I got Good an insurance question. question, and I'll give him back to you. You know what? We let him out of the corral as the producer, and look what happened. It <laughs> <laughs> just goes nuts. Can't no, I, do, I don't want to miss skip over because insurance is really important, John, but um, I'll just aside is so what we've been just talking about, though, with the volume makes me think of modular homes. And I'm a grand design on Netflix yeah. freak watching that show. You should be one of their people that they watch yeah. for two years, Matt. Yeah. But um, what's what's the viability then of saying, OK, 
people, everyone needs to work at home right now. They, you know, the homeowner puts a concrete slab in their backyard and they buy a Homeland Hemp's little house. Is it possible for you to make forms and then pretty much sell this kind of building process as a modular unit or is that just too far away and it needs to be the homeowner on site building? No, so that's actually a good point. Um, and that's something I think the whole industry is kind of exploring right now, including myself, is uh, you can build a lot faster um, when you do something like that. So there's a build, uh, I think it was over in England a couple months ago, uh, where they, they built a full-scale house in like two to three days, I believe, uh, because they had these pre-made wow. panels. So you can do, I mean, there is a cure time involved with hempcrete where uh, you can't do much else uh, with the the walls themselves until it cures um, and so if you can do that in a controlled environment before you even install the walls then you're ready to go you just install the walls and you keep going with your build um, so really it just comes down to having a facility to do that um, and so we're working on some designs right now for doing some panels the main thing is they're going to be heavy um, so you might need um, some heavy duty equipment to get those installed you probably can't lift them up with your hands and place them but um, that's definitely a viable option. The other one is people uh, working with blocks and creep blocks right now. So uh, we'll see which which one catches on the most. I've seen some hybrid approaches as well that seem like it'd be good options. So we're kind of we're kind of following along and seeing what what ends up working out. Fascinating. You know, I think uh, I'd like to have a backyard hemp house, wouldn't you? You <laughs> know, everyone should. It'll be my clubhouse. <laughs> a I mean, she shed. It'd be a she well, shed. It, it could for me. Yeah, it would yeah, be a she yeah, shed. yeah, yeah. And uh, it would be a great place to work for many people. A great place for kids to go to school in some states. I mean, there's a lot of options out there for additional space on our in our living uh, situations right now. Sorry, Veronica, you cut out there. Oh, what I was saying is, I think so many of us need additional options on our property for living and working space. Yep, absolutely. That's why I built this here is because I have those two kids that are running around crazy inside. So this is like my sanctuary times to, to get away. It is nice. I noticed you had some kind of fan or uh, cooling uh, right kind of near you. Is that like a little, is it a fan that's in the window there or? Yeah, I just have a little uh, rechargeable portable uh, fan with uh, like a water condenser on it. So on the, like when it's super hot, uh, I'll turn that on um, just to get some good airflow. And then I have, when winter comes around, because I'll be, be working from here still, I'll have just a little tiny space heater in here to keep me warm. Oh, perfect. So okay. There's no power out here. It's just uh, rechargeable items, and then I have a rechargeable light above me. Hmm. Cool. It looks great. Okay, John, back to your insurance questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there we are. I mean... If, you know, I go to my uh, state farm or my Geico or my, you know, in North Dakota, my Farm Bureau insurance agent and say, hey, I got this hemp house. It's a three bedroom, two bath. Everything's the same, except I heat it for a dollar a day. Um, you know, will you insure it? Is uh, it traditional insurance work pretty standard on it? What have you heard in that? Yeah, so I haven't looked into it personally with my insurance company uh, at this time, but I know that there's a Every build in the U.S. that's been uh, been built um, has insurance without much issue. And now sure. that there's been a handful of them, uh, they have use cases to go back on and see how it was assessed. So it would be a, a additional discussion with your insurance, but it's definitely possible. Okay. 
Okay, I know when I in Tennessee, my bed and breakfast looked like a log cabin, but it wasn't a log cabin. It was a traditional built house with, you know, the logging put on the outside. And so it was insured as a regular house, not a specialty house. So I insurance was a big thing back then because it was quite a difference in price. People don't know it when they build a log house, but there's a different insurance. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. So you got mm -hmm. things to check out. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground here today. Um, when would you like us to back the truck up and start building your she shed, Veronica? <laughs> today. Uh, no, it's really, I, I'm not kidding, Matt. I, I think that you could save so many moms and dads, marriages, families, by being able to order your little you know, house online and have it uh, put up or delivered to their place in North Dakota and Minnesota. <laughs> Absolutely. I can make these is on a pallet here. I'll just make a bunch of them and then I'll send out the pods. Amazon.com. Amazon there you go. <laughs> look, for, look for Matt. No, just kidding. There but, you go. But we do people have. Can pick up with their trailer. Can you put up Matt's email there and let's leave that up here so that people. This is how you get a hold of Matt. And of course, homelandhemp.com is his website. Uh, go there and he's got some videos and he has a lot of pictures that we haven't put up here. Our producer didn't get those. Up there, I had snuck a lot of pictures up here to uh, show some of the process also. Um, well, I would like to say, though, our producer... Go. Look oh, look at that. Yeah, see? Good job to our producer today. This was the first <laughs> time he's on, so I would just like to say good job. Pick, get some more. Get those pictures all up there so we can see. They'll go. Now, explain this building to us. Uh, sorry, my camera froze, so I can't see it. Can you okay, well, it's the first North Dakota building, it says. Oh, got it. Yep. Yeah. So that's actually uh, a she shed I made in Mandan. That's our first build. Um, that was on in one of, one of our properties in Mandan. Um, so it's a 150 square foot, um, nine inch wall hempcrete uh, uh, unit that was built on the, uh, an existing slab. Oh, wow. So that's the, that's exposed hempcrete right there. But um, we're, we're in the process of coating it with lime. So I wanted to leave it for a year. Um, fully exposed to see how it would do in the winter and mm -hmm. it held up pretty well so this year we'll throw the lime plaster on it to, to protect it and seal it in um, and then that one should be complete wow big enough for you veronica can we make one for veronica a little bigger nope that's big enough for me well no that's... no but we we need the studio distance now you see because you're going to be more and more on the on the cameras here so so i think we need a bigger one i think but it's really neat uh, French doors, sliding glass doors on the front and uh, windows all around, it looks like. And uh, it's just traditional trusses then for the roof. Yep. Yeah, really nice. Are people kind of uh, using hemp applications in tiny home builds right now then? Um, I would say because of the building restrictions, most people are building uh, either like a tiny home type approach or kind of like the, the shed. Um, something like that so that you can bypass. So for instance, I built that exactly to the limit so that I didn't have to go through uh, building approval. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's what a lot of people are doing right now. And most of the people that are reaching out to me that are doing builds, I'm looking for materials and things like that are building something pretty small like that at this time, just to get grasp the idea before you invest in something like a 2000 square foot home or something like that. So is this the inside of that same place? Um, I still can't see it, but oh, I'm so sorry. I it's, the, it. it's, the, it's the gentleman. <laughs> it's the gentleman holding a four by eight foot sheet, just removing it from uh, apparently oh. a, a wall that's ready to be exposed here that, now. 
Yes, that is me. That is uh, taking the form off of the, the, the wall there to expose it for the first time. So you got to do four foot lifts on the interior and then the outside you're going to have two feet because my arm's not four foot long. So I can't pack the material in that far. But uh, in the inside, that was the first time seeing a wall after pouring it. So you got to go four feet up and hope you did a good job before you remove the board. Oh, wow. It's not really? as scary as it sounds. Okay, I'm like, oh. it sounds like, you know, when you're cooking and you no. have to wait. <laughs> you can see it as you're doing it. So it's, it's, okay. yeah, you'll know if you messed up. Looks good. Looks good. Unbelievable. Of course, the forms are all reusable. Here we're seeing you on two, uh, two cement mixing, uh, you know, little buckets. It looks like you and a friend, and there's a pallet standing mm -hmm. up, and uh, mm -hmm. you're mixing it up. You're making a little, a little bit, probably two... Well, it'd be 50 pounds of concrete, but I suppose, what, 50 pounds of concrete, how much, what's the weight of hempcrete then? Seven, um, seven eight pounds maybe? Uh, it depends on, uh, I guess, the, the size. So a cubic foot when cured weighs like 14 to 15 pounds. Okay. Um, so it's it's moderately, I guess, it's it's about, uh, about the ratio is maybe a seventh the weight of concrete in the same yeah. volume. Okay. Um, but you're also probably going to do a different, uh, different thicknesses and things ah, like that okay. and different so, strength yeah, levels. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's definitely lighter than concrete. Um, it's still got some weight to it compared to like a traditional wall though. Sure, sure. Thanks Alex for those pictures. That was great for us to see those. Well, anything you, you want to, this is your platform now. This is your bully pulpit. So anything you want to share with our listeners and uh, and uh, tell them, uh, you know, a little bit about what you do and uh, get a hold of you to do what? What can they do when they call you? On your on your website, yeah. it's a form. So, yep, I would say the biggest thing right now is just uh, getting the word out and getting people familiar with the product. So, um, I mean, if people are interested, feel free to reach out, and I'll talk about hemp all day. So, I have a handful <laughs> of uh, meetings per day talking about hemp, and uh, I'd be happy to do more of them. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's that's the main thing is getting that awareness out. Uh, once people get familiar with the product, it becomes kind of a, a no-brainer decision if you're ready to make the move um, and invest the time in it. It's It'll be worth it. You know, um, let us know when you plan to have classes. We'd be happy to let people, our listeners know and pass the word out uh, in any way we can. Uh, okay. That sounds exciting. I actually exciting do have a uh, class at BSC uh, in September. Ooh, okay. And how and can, can people- I don't have the details of it right now, but I can oh, share that send out. Them, send them to us. Keep yeah, a, send it to keep us. And yeah, we would love to share that with everyone. That sounds fascinating. And that's an opportunity for people to kind of get hands-on experience as well as um, uh, classroom learning, or what does that look like? Yeah, so it's a two-part class. The first one will be kind of kind of roughly what we just did now, just kind of going over uh, what hempcrete is and, uh, and how it works. And then the second part, uh, part two, will be hands-on. I'm not sure what we'll build yet, and I don't know what the restrictions will be with COVID and everything with having a class, but the plan is to either do individual projects where everyone's doing their own kit, making like a block, or we'll fill a wall. So I'll bring a wall and we'll, we'll fill it up. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for joining us today. Uh, is there anything that we you wish we would have asked you that we didn't? No, I think you guys had really great questions and uh, I think we pretty much covered everything that I, I could have thought of for, for Hempcrete plus some more. So yeah, I thought, I thought you guys did great. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'd love to have you back and we'll look forward to you sending us that information about how listeners can get involved with your project and learning more about Hempcrete. 
Awesome. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate your time, guys, and have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Yeah, good. Okay, well, we did number six. Lots of fun. And I'm I'm sorry if I stepped on you. It's just I'm so oh. excited about this product. I No, really. I mean, I want them to come and build a building here where it's okay. We're, we're going to talk out to the end of the hour. Thanks. I want to I want to build a building here on our, you know, and, and, and you know, hey, come. I want to work from a hempcrete building. And uh, and uh, it's just such a no. Neat, I am with you. I am with you. I was just as excited and I just didn't want us to get beyond the comment you made, which I thought was great about, you know, can concrete cement trucks mix this and kind of that volume was on my mind too. And that's why I wanted to ask about modular build. So, you know, I think, um, oh, he's fascinating. I'm with you. I, how can I get a building on my property? How, how can we do it? And I, I think that that's the jump that's going to have to be made, though, from the, you know, a, a couple of guys with strong backs or five or six of them, you know, making the little batches and bringing it up, you know, to at some point it's going to have to be whether it's a truck or it's a machine on the product uh, on the project that's spitting out, you know, a bale at a time kind of thing and, mm-hmm. and going a lot faster. I think that's going to be the next jump that the, I'm sure everybody is working on. Um, even maybe a shotcrete. Do you know what, you know what, you know how they, oh, shotcrete is the gun. Um, that's how they make swimming pools. It's concrete is being literally shot. Imagine a, a, a garden sprayer of water, only it's this big around and it's called, yes, I've sh- seen that. yeah, it's called shotcrete. And that's, they make a swimming pool, they make a wire grid, and then they use shotcrete to pour the cement into the, into that wire mold. Well, imagine the same kind of thing, only you're filling that mold that he makes, and then they're tamping it down. And think how fast you could do a house. You could do a house as fast as the guys could move from place to place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be the jump when all of a sudden, okay, Mr. House Builder, you've got everything ready for us. And here comes the the trucks and the hempcrete and whether they mix it on site or bring it in. And all of a sudden you turn on the machine and whether it's four hours or 10 hours or two days later, they've left because, you know, it all happens. And that's going to be that that's the jump. I think that all of a sudden, you know, okay, we're going to schedule your house for September 12th and we're scheduling your house. Your she shed is going to be the morning of, because it's a little place, you know, it's going to be the morning of September 13th. And mm-hmm. that's going to, that's going to be the thing that's going to make, you know, Matt from uh, he and his wife project to, he's going to be the next contractor. You know, he's going to be a contractor in North Dakota and we Absolutely. sure wish him well at doing that. That's, that's a neat thing. It's been a, well, so I just want to, I'm, I know I am so excited too. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, Don't but worry. I, it is storming. Oh, okay. so hard then, outside. I'm sure people just were like, did it just turn to oh, night? You're right. It turned to, it turned to night here. Take so, a minute. Uh, to tell, tell us yeah. about Prairie products. We got to get your, we got to get oh, why we're course. here. So t- hey, yeah. so, you know, this week we were on uh, the, the morning or excuse me, the, the afternoon noon show at KFGO, Matt and I, and right. we were able to talk a little bit about our process extraction and our products. Um, I just was so excited to take express uh, how we were with growers throughout the region with people across North Dakota. So just to remind our listeners, Prairie Products, you can find out more about us at www.prairieproductsnd.com. There you can find out about our processing, our toll, and our retail products. Thank you. Just please look at it right here. (laughs) And you can purchase some of our products for 
you, your pets. Um, so check us out. We have some really great things to share with the world. Wonderful. And it's starting you, to, what are you guys up to? Starting to blink here too, but uh, Casey and uh, our, our families have been working on our products and uh, uh, you know, there's just not enough, as you know, there's not enough hours in the day. There, you no. know, you could, I, I, there could be two of me and it's still not enough. Uh, it's, uh, you know, for all the things that are happening in COVID and the, the, the things where our hearts go out to people, we are so thankful that we can be working every day. We have products to do. Um, exciting things will be coming out here on this show really soon. You, uh, you know about some of them. So we just want to wish everybody a great day. It, it's totally dark here now, too. I can't believe what's going on outside. So we will say thank yeah, you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, behind <laughs> behind you, it just got you know like Frankenstein dark. So we yeah, will say, I'm looking at my deck and whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll okay. just say, we'll say thank you. We thank Alex for being our producer. We're looking forward to an exciting show uh, uh, next week. Uh, do you have our Do you have our guests at hand here? I have to. You know, too it, many... we actually have had a little bit of a shuffle. Oh, so okay. There's a shuffle. Be a surprise, um, but oh. know that. Uh, our upcoming guests include growers from the region, also a faculty member from um, Botno uh, doing research in hemp, another uh, faculty member out in Dickinson that does research, Ryan. Uh, so Keith is one from Botno. So we have lots of excitement ahead about uh, what's happening in hemp research here in the Valley and actually grow in the ground information too. So Wonderful. I'll talk to you along the way and we'll see everybody next week. Another edition of Chat Canna. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, people. Bye, friends. So click, yeah, click it down.